The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. If you can believe it, it is 20 years ago this coming Monday since the invasion of Iraq, which means it's 20 years this weekend since that famous speech given by Colonel Tim Collins to the 1st Battalion of the Royal Irish Regiment on the eve of that invasion. People will remember some of that speech. We go to Iraq to liberate, not to conquer. By all accounts, a copy of the speech uh, was found in the Oval Office for several years thereafter. Uh, Tim is with me now on the show. Uh, Tim, always a pleasure and thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. Um, if, if we can forget, if, if it's possible, everything that happened in, in the 20 years intervening, can you maybe bring us back in time and and share with us what the what the atmosphere was like amongst your own battalion and the, the lead up to the invasion? Well, it was all pretty confused, you know, because it had kind of uh, rumbled to to its um, to, to the point where we were about to invade and no one was really sure what exactly Saddam, I don't think even Saddam knew what it was he had to do. What we were clear about was that Saddam was a dictator and an oppressor, and we were going to go to uh, relieve the Iraqi people from that oppression and then work with them to help rebuild the country. That's what we thought we were going to do. That's what we hoped we were going to do. And in the first few days after March 20th, after the invasion, I mean, did you still hold on to that belief? What was the reaction from the Iraqi people that you met? Well, initially, when we crossed the border, really, the sort of thing went in phases. When we first crossed the border, there was some resistance from the Iraqis, but not an awful lot. Um, And they quickly melted away. And we we ended up with thousands of prisoners, and we were busy just looking after them and trying to get them something to eat. Um, Then shortly after that, um, we, we settled into one of the our job was to look after the the um, southern oil fields, which are the second largest oil s- supply in the world. And um, the Iraqis, we settled into villages with them, and they helped us do that. But during that period, there was the the, the mother of all uh, storms, uh, heavy rain for uh, nonstop for about four or five days. And shortly after that, our task was then to push northwards. Uh, the, the Royal Irish Battle Group was tasked with taking on the Iraqi Ninth Division. Well, whilst it's only one battalion versus an entire division of nine, we had air power, which they didn't, and they, they would have been smashed to pieces. But we, we sent people forward and said, listen, nobody has to fight if you don't want to. And they said, that's fine. We're going home. And they did go home. So I think the weather had knocked the fight out of them. And thereafter, we settled into living in the towns and cities. And um, the, the Royal Irish was at the front of the British effort, we were sent across the Euphrates first. Mm. We were then sent up as far as the city of Alamara. And we lived peaceably amongst the Iraqis for the, the rest of the time we were there. And the Royal Irish were there until the end of uh, April. And then we rotated out. Sadly, after we left, events took various turns and, and we got to the state of insurgency that was to characterise the rest of the occupation. W- w- were there already indications that that was coming? For you, I mean, what, what, when when you look back now, when do, do do you maybe it's with the benefit of hindsight, maybe you realised at the time. When do you say this is when I realised things began to unravel? Well, at the time, um, the Iraqis uh, alongside us, uh, who were our, our main advisors, um, were saying there's two main groups you need to watch out for. There's the Saddam Fedayeen, 
and they're his fanatics and they, they will have a go at you and that's that's you know they they, they are as far as they're concerned lunatics and, and they will try and attack you then they said you need to be very careful with the uh, Shia militias because the Iranians would like to have a go at you as well but they'll be more canny and careful about how to do that well the, the Fedian did have a go and we handled them fairly uh, robustly and they backed off pretty quickly and, and things settled down um, peaceably. What we could never have foreseen, however, was that um, a uh, American statesman would come along and disband the Iraqi army. And in reality, the only thing that was holding the Iraqi people together was the Iraqi army and the Ba'ath Party, who made up all the school teachers, all the town councillors, all the people around the electricity and the water and everything else, as well as the police. And they, they, they kicked all the, the bathists out of their jobs. So there's no teachers, no, they would look after the water, the power, anything else. And they disbanded the army. And that created an insurgency, which even today is carrying on. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know a lot has been uh, written and said about it and some great documentaries as well about what a catastrophic mistake that was. Was that part of the plan always? Now, I appreciate it wouldn't have been kind of part of the conversations you would have been having in your role. But I mean, have you learned, was that always part of the plan? Was there a plan? It was never part of the plan. I can say that with great confidence because before that, I worked in the headquarters special forces in London. And part one of the jobs I had as a colonel there was we were messaging um, with information operations against the Iraqis and we were messaging the military. And the message we were giving the military very clearly was, if you get rid of Saddam, we will work with you to build a new Iraq. And the, the, the little interface we were getting back from them was, yeah, we're going to think about that. And um, they had the, the, the Iraqi army was hugely well respected in Iraq. It made up all the groups, the Kurds, the Shia and the Sunni, as well as Christians and Yazidis and Manadans and all the other groups. And they, came, they were deeply rooted in all parts of the society and they knew what they were doing and they were very well trained, trained by the Russians and they were very well equipped. And somebody thought it was a good idea to turn them into an enemy and what an enemy they turned out to be. I, I mentioned your speech, Tim. I mean, how do you reflect on the opening words of that speech now, 20 years on? We go to Iraq to liberate, not to conquer. I mean, I say this with all due respect. I don't think you did either. Well, yeah, at the, at the time, of course, I, I didn't have the benefit of hindsight available to me, unfortunately. Um, I was more inspired by the fact that the war had happened two days ahead of any planned incursion across mm. the border and had taken everyone by surprise. And I could see the excitement and um, some of it um, that was going on with various units, Americans and British units around us and people decking their armoured vehicles with the stars and stripes and some people breaking out everything from Union flags to Welsh flags, etc. And I said to my guys, there will be no Irish flags flown off anything. We are going there to liberate the Iraqis. We're not going to conquer them. They are meant to be the people we're liberating. That's the message I wanted to get across. And that's, as far as we are concerned, what we did. And again, reflecting then not just on your speech, but on the entire experience of Iraq, Tim, I mean, what, what are your overwhelming feelings now, 20 years on? Is it, I mean, is it anger, sadness, bitterness, betrayal? How do you feel? Pride, pride, I'm sure as well, I should say, probably in, 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 in your own men and how they comported themselves. Well, well, I was I left the army shortly after that, and I was back in Iraq in January two thousand and five for the elections, covering that for a, 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 um, 
a UK newspaper. And uh, then from 2007 till really today, I've worked in Iraq in a capacity as a civilian contractor working for the US military and also working for the Iraqi government. And so I'm there frequently. And um, I was there last year. I haven't been there this year yet. Um, Iraq is emerging from a total nightmare. It's been torn by the the external actors, including the West, including the Iranians. And the Iranians are the most malignant actor by far uh, on the ground. What's happening now really in uh, Iraq is that um, for now and for a long time, the Iraqis have had quite enough of foreign interference. They're fed up with it. They're especially fed up with the interference of the mullahs from Tehran and their politics and their everyday life. And they may well end up being a spat, a civil war, where they actually purge that influence out of their country. The one thing most Iraqis are is um, patriotic Iraqis, even though it's a, it was a construct created by the British in 1920. But they are, um, by and large, patriotic Iraqis. They're very well educated and they're generally pretty well disposed towards the West. Most of the senior Iraqis I know have um, PhDs from UK universities. Um, they often have lives here as well. Um, and um, everything from the last prime minister to recent presidents, again, the, the, the last prime minister, I think, used to work for the BBC. Um, they are well disposed towards the, um, the West, but they, they don't want interference. They want mm. to do things for themselves now. Listen, Tim, it's always interesting to talk to you and we really appreciate it uh, when you have the time. Colonel Tim Collins, retired Northern Irish uh, military leader, uh, 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 when it came to that invasion of Iraq, people, like I say, will well remember uh, the speech he gave uh, on the eve of the invasion, the 19th of March. Uh, is uh, this Sunday that would mark the uh, anniversary the 20th anniversary of the eve the 20th of March is uh, when ground troops entered Iraq The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.